Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! Yes, you're doing a really quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call a Ghostbusters. Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that gained more floor space in its studio this week by filling an entire 15-gallon trash bag to the brim with expired marshmallows. I'm your host, Jim Maritato, aka Vink Maniac, on the internet, and while I'm not sure that's a superlative declaration about waste management that I should be proud of, I am proud and excited to be with you for the 50th episode of Extraplasm. And joining me this week on the show is Craig Goldberg of Yes Have Some Podcasts and Toy Anxiety, the YouTube live streaming show he hosts each week. Craig is a good friend of the show and one of the folks who helped inspire getting our little ectoplasmic weekly adventure off the ground over a year ago. So while we've already celebrated a year of podcasting with episode 46, I have to say I was really excited that Craig was able to join us this week for a little bit of a milestone with the less celebrated episode 50, especially because it was originally part of the plan for him to be involved in that original commentary uh, that we did a few weeks back for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, so Craig and I get into a discussion of many things this week, including our thoughts about Ghostbusters fan culture, Dragon Con and PKE Surge, changing trends in toy marketing, including Hasbro bowing out of Toy Fair. Uh, so though Tony Taylor and I talked about potential things at Toy Fair uh, last week, it turns out Hasbro's not going. They're, they're still going to market stuff. Don't worry. Um, and we talk about a whole bunch of other random stuff along the way. The no- next Ghostbusters trailer, McKenna Grace's TikTok, um, random connections between Ivan Reitman and The Hangover and Joker. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there because Craig and I, when we get together, if you've ever heard us talk before on previous episodes, we're really good at freewheeling and freely associating our way through a whole bunch of topics, but with a lot of laughter along the way. So I hope you'll enjoy this week's conversation. But before we can get into that conversation, we need to address this week's Ghostbusters headlines. Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. All in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. Extra plasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at ya. So the first thing we're going to talk about in headlines this week, I often like to take things from video games and put them like later on in the headlines arrangement. We're going to flip things up and reorganize. And partially that's because uh, the trailer came out this week for Rise of the Ghost Lord, the new VR game that's coming out for PlayStation VR, as well as um, the MetaQuest uh, VR engine. And this is the End Dreams game that we've seen some uh, previous trailers for and promo images. Some of us were wondering why you could dress as a furry and also be a Ghostbuster in some of those previous things. Um, and it seems that's still an option for you in this game. If you'd like to be wearing um, like cat ears or something and busting ghosts, that's still going to be a thing for you. But uh, the trailer for Rise of the Ghost Lord came out and that was really cool. It's really awesome to see the gameplay and what it's going to look like. The game's coming out on October 26th. The bigger reason I'm bringing this up at the very top of our headlines is because the uh, same time that they were premiering this trailer, there was also a, uh, a roundtable discussion with folks who made the game. And this is something that Ghostbusters News reported on this week, that this roundtable discussion uh, <laughs> actually was shot on the set for the new movie uh, in a space between the firehouse set and another iconic location from the Ghostbusters cinematic universe, Ray's Occult Books. Uh, And so if you haven't seen this already, you can go and 
visit Ghostbusters News to find this article pretty quickly uh, rather than digging around on YouTube to try and find it. But Sony essentially developed, pre- presented a developer roundtable and in it, they you know openly said <laughs> we may look like we're on a New York street corner, but we're actually on the set of a Ghostbusters film and raise occult books was immediately behind them with a mock-up of 33 St. Mark's place uh, in New York city. So, um, that's pretty amazing uh, because, I mean, it's not like we don't know Raise a Cult still exists. We know that from Afterlife, but the fact that it's been built, it exists in the world of like Ghostbusters. They decided it's another location we're going to go back to in the new movie, presumably, because I mean, I don't think they just built it for this promotional stuff. Um, <laughs> that's kind of cool. So um, this is something to get excited about from my perspective. Maybe we don't have all that much because we still don't have a trailer. I'm hoping maybe we're going to get one pretty soon. But um, to see another piece of the cinematic universe of Ghostbusters that was built uh, and sort of waiting for us in the wings is really exciting to me. And I hope we get to see a lot more of Rays of Cult books when you really get down to it. Like we only get to see that one scene in Ghostbusters 2 where they are sort of playing out a conversation of, you know, about Fankman's um, pet, pet, penthouse pet um, and you know, his desire to find books that will help him find fortune and fame. Uh, but we didn't really get to spend a lot of time seeing what that environment is like. I, there's a part of me that would just like to see like a, I don't know, like a, a weird, I don't know, 30 minute one-off thing. That's just like a day in the life of raise cult books who comes in, who's shopping there, who's buying things. So <laughs> I'm not really sure, but um, I, I think it's going to be really cool when we see this movie, but I'm excited. We got to see a little piece of it, even if it came through um, essentially a marketing piece for a Sony video game for VR. And that isn't to put down on the game. I think the game looks pretty interesting. I've been playing Spirits Unleashed for quite a while, and you all know this because you've heard me talk about it. And I haven't yet dabbled into VR, but this is one of those things that makes me wonder if I should pick up a meta quest um, and maybe do some of that uh, because it would be interesting stuff to discuss and cover on the podcast. So we'll see. But uh, that game, again, is coming out October 26th, and you can pre-order it now if you're interested in it. It's going to be a pretty interesting game where you have a series of different, it looks like, um, archetypical characters. So, you know, one person might be a PKE gathering person who's gathering like dark PKE energy. One person might be like handling traps, etc. So it's kind of cool because it looks like it's going to be uh, pretty cooperatively driven. I'm not sure how that's going to work in terms of building uh, lobbies of people if you're playing alone, because to be honest, like that's one of the goals of Spirits Unleashed is to be cooperative and Sometimes it just isn't. Um, so I, I don't know how that works in VR. Um, and I'm kind of interested to see how the culture of that plays out. And so I might actually think about trying to pick up a meta quest if only because I want to see what this is like, um, sort of expand it out. And I might also be because I, I'm pretty sure at this point that Jason Fitzsimmons from Ghostbusters News has kind of dared me to do it. So um, we'll see. But keep your eyes peeled. Maybe I'll do that. The other sort of official thing to talk about in terms of images of the next Ghostbusters movie, although not really official in disclosure, uh, is McKenna Grace has a TikTok, if you don't know this, and sometimes she posts videos on it because that's what TikTok is for. Uh, and she posted a video of the last year of her life, not the whole year, that would be a really long video, but a series of di- different uh, photos from across her year. And two of those photos uh, were actually of moments when she was preparing for Ghostbusters Firehouse. Uh, So in one of those photos, she is dressed as Phoebe Spangler and kind of zoomed in on her face really close. And another, she appears to be dressed in a flight suit, but without the wig on uh, for Phoebe Spangler and is wearing some sort of mock-up of a proton pack and standing in the middle of a circle 
that is made of wood uh, with a fire pole, or at least the bottom of one sticking out of it, almost as if someone was trying to figure out how to design a fire pole for a set that people would be able to get through and know how, whether or not the actors would fit. Um, I'm not saying that's what it is because I don't know for sure, but that's what it looks like. So if you want to see this, you can go over to McKenna Grace's TikTok or you can head over to Ghostbusters News where I'm pretty sure Jason Fitzsimmons has grabbed those stills as well so that you don't have to dig around for a video on TikTok, especially if you don't if you don't do TikTok. Like, I'll admit this. I'm, TikTok is not a world that I live in. So when people are like, hey, there's a thing on TikTok, I'm, I'm usually waiting for somebody else to digest it so that I can see whatever it was. So um, but it, it is kind of cool to see. Uh, you know, that there's these stills out there the behind the scenes stuff and they're, they're not revealing of plot or anything. If you're worried about spoilers, don't panic. They don't um, reveal anything about the plot of the movie. So you can just kind of go take a look at what it looks like when, you know, one of your principal actors is kind of goofing off and on set. It's kind of fun. So that's the closest we're getting to official Ghostbusters firehouse news this week is raise a cult was in the background of something and McKenna Grace has a TikTok. Uh, but hopefully we're going to see a trailer pretty soon. And that's one of those things that Craig and I talk about in this episode that, you know, we, we, we are hoping, you know, maybe we're going to see it pretty soon, given the timeline of when the movie's coming out. If you figure the movie's coming out in March. So, you know, we're getting to the point where we're about six months away from a movie that's supposed to be released in March. You've got to get a trailer uh, pretty soon, I would imagine, because your March, your merchandising has to start happening, your marketing, etc. So uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll see a trailer. Uh, sometime within the next few weeks. I don't know that for sure. And I'm just speculating given the timeline of everything else uh, and sort of thinking about how the last movie went, um, that you had sort of a teaser and then you had a trailer, but th the window is going to be a lot shorter here between, you know, a 2019 teaser uh, and, you know, subsequently uh, a movie that comes out years later. Our movie's going to be arriving, hopefully, in uh, a few months. And, of course, everybody keep your fingers crossed because we still have to probably cross the hurdles of all these strikes that are still happening for that to stay on track. Remember, everything's fluid, folks. Anything could move. The pandemic taught us this, but we're hoping it's going to stay on track at this point. Let's talk about some merchandise for a few minutes. Uh, an official merchandise news, not moves. That would be weird. Maybe, maybe there would be ghost cows, but there aren't. In, in news, though, <laughs> the... The Funko Pop is the thing that people seem to be talking about this week. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, there is a Spangler Spirit Funko Pop coming out for New York Comic Con that is advertised as a quote unquote convention exclusive. Um, but I want to say this up front. If you know anything about Funko Pops, you know that every year they put out a convention exclusive and then that convention exclusive is always linked to some retailer who gets it. Uh, and you can buy the thing that said fall convention exclusive and a little foil label on it over at like GameStop or uh, I don't know, like box lunch or hot topic. So for those of you who are like, oh, my God, I've got to get to New York Comic Con to go get this thing. You you probably don't. And there'll probably be plenty of them off at some store that you can go buy them at um, <laughs> after New York Comic Con ends. But what I'm talking about is the Spangler Spirit Funko Pop. They're producing a version of the Ghost of Egon, essentially Ghost Farmer or Dirt Farmer, however you want to call him, from Ghostbusters Afterlife. And what's really cool about this figure, I have to say, like, I'm not a Funko Pop person at this point. I've really checked out of them. They're not a thing I'm collecting anymore. But what's kind of neat is that this thing is designed to be, like, kind of translucent, the entire figure, such that it looks kind of ghostly. Like, you could probably light it up, and it would look really nice and glow. Um, and so I have to say, like, I'm not usually compelled to go run out and get a Funko Pop, and I may not run out and get this one. 
Uh, but if you're a person who collects Funko Pops and you're or you're somebody who hopped off of them and you have the rest of the Ghostbusters line, you may want to keep your eyes peeled for this. Um, it's not really clear when this will drop at retail, who's going to have it at retail. To be honest, this is something that's probably kind of a soft leak. One of the weird things about the Funko community, uh, and not that like, you know, hey, you're weird if you collect Funko Pops. But I mean, in terms of how they're marketed and how they're kind of sold to folks is that there are running accounts that just regularly leak whatever is coming from Funko on Twitter. Um, and there's reddits for this. There was just like literally a community of people who are like, hey, this is the next set of leaks that are coming. And Funko doesn't really do much to stop these leaks. They're kind of, I think, part of the marketing at this point. That's my own speculation. Nobody said that officially, but they kind of seem to turn a blind eye to uh, people getting really hyped up about things that might be coming out and that they feel are limited. <laughs> so um, this was something that, you know, kind of popped up a few weeks ago. I had seen I hadn't reported on it because it, it was kind of leaky and wasn't really clear when it was going to be released and what was happening with it. But at this point, given the product mockups that have been released and have been put out there in the wild, it looks like you're at least going to know this is will exist for New York Comic Con and potentially at another retailer afterwards. So uh, like I said, I wouldn't panic if I were you. If you're looking to get this, you'll probably be able to pick it up from retail. Uh, but if you have friends going to New York Comic Con and you want to make sure you could ask them to get their butts over to the Funko booth uh, to figure that out for you, maybe. Um, OK, beyond the uh, Funko pop, let's talk about the other sort of reveal this week that was official rather than something that's leaked. Uh, the Inside Editions tarot deck has had a preview. And if you go over to Ghostbusters News, which I'm going to direct you to for this because Jason has like all the cards laid out, they previewed a series of different cards, including um, Peter holding a bottle of brandy. Um, there's a card that is um, a fool card where Walter Peck is delivering judgment or something. There's a baby Oscar card in here representing the world. Um, there's like it is a really cool. I have to be honest with you. I'm not like a tarot card person, but the artwork on these are really awesome. And like who would want like, you know, um, who wouldn't want a baby Oscar card that represents the world uh, or um, <laughs> a Slimer card that says something like the Ville of Marshmallows or whatever this says. Um, the, the Queen of Streams card that uh, is, is essentially the library lady or the high priestess represented by Zool. I mean, this is just kind of fun stuff. I can't say that I would ever use these to, you know, go out and uh, tell fortunes. And those of you who may know how to use tarot cards might be totally insulted by my total lack of knowledge about this. And I'm so sorry. But these are kind of neat, just art piece wise. And um, as Jason kind of comments here, there's also a 128 page guidebook uh, that breaks down each card's meaning and overview. So it's one of those things that if you don't really know anything about this, but you want to have just another cool kind of, you know, I mean, paranormally kind of thing in your collection that is Ghostbusters theme. This looks really nice. I, I have to admit that when they first announced this, I was like, who needs a Ghostbusters tarot deck? But. Now that I've seen the images, I'm like, I need a Ghostbusters tarot deck because this thing's freaking awesome. So uh, you can go and pre-order that now, actually, if you want to. Uh, and you can go over to Amazon and do so. Um, that's available for pre-order. I believe it's been available for pre-order for a while. But, you know, one of the great things about Amazon pre-order is that you, of course, um, will be locked in for lowest price uh, if the price changes for some reason. So uh, that'll be out later on this year. And Again, go over to Ghostbusters News and take a look at the images because they're really cool. I think it's really nice artwork and it's really fun. Uh, the other thing we've talked about recently in terms of uh, pre-ordering is we were talking about the premium collectible studios figurines in the last few weeks. And I've told you that the Egon figurine has been out for 
uh, pre-order for a while. Ray is now also available for pre-order if you go over to uh, the Premium Collectible Studios website to uh, do that. That is a pretty pricey figurine as we've been talking about, the most awesome silver edition of it. Not that it's made of silver, that's just what it's called. Uh, runs you about 750 bucks, but there's a 10% off uh, early bird special there. If you are getting in on these and you're getting in on the highest end of them, you're getting a proton stream to go with your figure, as well as a Slimer that is individually, uh, you know, sculpted for each of the figures they're putting out. In this case, uh, the uh, Ray figure will come with a Slimer whose mouth is closed, but who has his tongue out. So it's a pretty unique pose. I don't really don't know, don't know that we've seen Slimer sculpted this way. Um, other than maybe the Maddie figurine that came with the six inch Venkman that was slimed, but this is a completely different pose from that. It looks far more realistic. And so um, if you want to take a look at those, uh, you can go over to Premium Collectible Studios website um, or of course hop over to Ghostbusters News. Uh, I also want to tell you about something that is, I'm going to put in official merch because it was supposed to be, but it's it's not necessarily because it's potentially canceled and the way to get it is probably unofficial. But I joked about this a bit last week with Tony Taylor about Ghostbusters Afterlife RC traps from Hasbro uh, being available on eBay from a Chinese seller. And that has blown up. Um, there are now several Chinese sellers who have the trap out on eBay for as low as $95, which to some of you, you're still like, oh my God, that's so much money. Uh, but if you want one of these, I'm just going to say this. There's an entire episode about this trap explaining like how it went missing, how it was canceled and like how we never saw it. And I really genuinely mean this from like the bottom of my heart. Like there are some of people who have messaged me since I said this on the podcast last week who were like, when will it be at Ollie's? And I'm like, never <laughs> like that's not a thing that's ever going to happen because it's a canceled product. But there are traps on eBay. And the fascinating thing about them to me is that um, I, a person in the yes, have some discord, uh, was nice enough to share this with me that they received one of the traps from a Chinese seller and they looked at the date code on it and sent me a photo of it. And the weirdest thing about these traps is they were produced a full year after the ones that were, are already out there in the wild. So the ones that are out there in the wild already that came from GameStop, from fun.com, from pop culture, uh, and from some of them from Amazon earlier on this year. Uh, those were all produced in like July of 2020, but for whatever reason, um, these, which have been located and found somewhere in China were all produced in July of 2021. And what's fascinating to me about that is that that is also when they began to ramp up the marketing for this thing. So that was when they finally showed us images and said, Hey, there's this trap thing coming. And then people reacted to it and said, Hey, doesn't it look like a, Oh, it does. Um, and so that, the funny part to me is that these are traps that probably never left wherever they've been. They're probably like been sitting in a shipping container or something, and someone probably bought a shipping container or something. Who knows? But and the odd question about that is how many more of them are out there? Um, if there was a, a fact, we if we thought that there was a factory run accounted for in 2020 of the RC trap and that I had a pretty good idea of how many there were. Based and I, you can go back and listen to that episode where I talk about this and break it down by shipping manifests. Um, this changes the game a bit on whether or not there's also like an entire second set of these that were maybe destined for EU countries. Um, and the reason I say that is because the ectoplasm lab had more than one manufacturing run. 
And the first one was destined for the US and we never saw it except for some of them showing up from um, an eBay auction where somebody got really muddy, beat up boxes that came from like a, um, a storage unit uh, auction. Um, but beyond that, the only place the ectoplasm lab ever showed up was overseas in Europe, uh, never here domestically in the United States. And those manufacturer dates were later. So I'm wondering if that was potentially supposed to be EU, EU stock um, and Asia stock that just never escaped China. Uh, so but it's escaping now. And if you want one, now is probably the time to grab them, because um, I don't really know that you're going to see these stick around. You're not seeing there was initially like some restocking going on by these sellers, and it seems to have tapered off. So um, they may just be looking to dump what they have and move on. Who knows? Uh, I don't really think we're going to get a firm answer on this, but it is an interesting new trap uh, story, and it is an interesting new sort of trap facts. This is a story. It's a weird story that just kind of keeps on giving um, in terms of what went on with that item. But I digress. Um, if you want one, I would act. I wouldn't wait to see what's going to happen because I, I know the, for some folks who've messaged me like, I know it's going to go on clearance at Ollie's. And I'm like, no, it's just not here. Um, that's not going to happen. Uh, if it does buy like a bunch of them <laughs> but for like $7.99. <laughs> the other thing I want to tell you about in terms of official merchandise and touch back on from last week, I told you last week about Old Navy having a t-shirt uh, in adult sizes that was a gender neutral t-shirt. Ghostbusters News reported on this. What hasn't been reported on Ghostbusters News is that Old Navy actually has a shirt for kids uh, and a shirt for toddlers. They are different designs than the adult shirt, uh, but they are appear to be new. They have 2023 uh, trademark info on them. And um, there's I will say this, that the old, the kid size shirt is very rapidly selling out. <laughs> there's only certain sizes left in stock. The toddler shirt uh, has more stock left on it. But uh, I say that because toddler shirts seem to be hard to find for Ghostbusters stuff. Like I'm kind of stoked to see that because I may buy them for my nieces uh, simply because I never see. A toddler size stuff that's officially like licensed. Maybe I just don't go shopping for kids clothes enough because I don't have any, but I digress. But um, these shirts are out there on Old Navy's website. You can go find them there. The child size shirt is $14.99 and the toddler size shirt is $12.99. I actually picked up the uh, adult size shirt from uh, Old Navy nearby me. I ordered it online and picked it up in store for like $13 of the 30% off code last week. Um, and it's a really nice shirt. It's actually really well made. Pretty, pretty stoked about it. So um, if you are looking for Ghostbusters shirts for kids, feel free to check out Old Navy. Or if you are looking for one for yourself, you can probably still find the shirt I talked about last week in stock. OK, so um, let's do this weird little transitioning thing about merchandise, because we're going to talk about what I'm going to call a gray area semi-official merch item. Uh, Steve Johnson, who you may know as the sculptor of Slimer, is currently uh, partnered up with the Containment Unit Autograph Collecting Group, who you've heard Tom Henry uh, and Matt uh, Sanders on the show before. They have talked about regularly on here. Um, they are partnering up with Steve Johnson for a limited run. Uh, it's only 30 pieces of light up Slimer statues. These are like six and a half to seven inches tall, and they're made of translucent resin with a an LED base that lights up. And these are coming basically from a 3D scan of Steve Johnson's original Slimer sculpture. Uh, so this is like pretty cool. He's hand signing each of these on a plaque and to like sort of top it off. He's going to be doing it live on Facebook, essentially, and live streaming 
the process of signing these pieces. Um, this is a collectible item. It's going to be limited to 30 pieces. So like it's pretty rare. It's pretty awesome. Uh, and, you know, if you know Tom and Matt, you hear everything that I talk about on this show in terms of what their quality of work is and their commitment to good autographs, et cetera, and working with partners to get stuff uh, signed that they don't, you know, engage in any of this or take any of it lightly. So you should be rest assured that your item is going to get to you safely and soundly and, um, you know, you'll be happy with it. So this is $250. It's limited to 30 pieces only. If you're interested in checking this out, you can go to the containment unit web uh, group on Facebook. Um, just look for go, just go to Facebook and type in Ghostbusters containment unit autographs and you'll find it. Or you can email slime signatures at gmail.com, uh, to reach out and get some information about it. And again, this is pretty neat. Um, cause you know, like you're getting something that came from like Steve Johnson's original sculpture being 3d scanned and then cast by him, uh, and made, and then he's signing them. Uh, but also because like, if you want to be able to record that moment of like the heck, having it signed, like you can't go to a convention to go do that necessarily, but you might be able to grab that video uh, and kind of keep it almost like a little cameo of the time you got your thing and you got it signed, which is kind of cool. So uh, check that out. If you're interested uh, again, the email address is slimed signatures at gmail.com to uh, reach out to Tom Henry and uh, coordinate that with him. In other uh, unofficial merchandise news or sort of reminders I want to let you know about and sort of make sure you know, uh, Phantasm Toys still has the pre-orders open for their Strutton Moogs figure, uh, as well as Mini Moogs, the smaller version of the figure in a different pose that goes along with it and is kind of companion ghost sized, and their Fanplasm uh, release of the latest Fanplasm that they've got out there, which is their take on the ectoplasm ghosts uh, from the old cans from Kenner so um, of slime. So if you haven't pre-ordered those yet, those will probably wrap up in the next couple weeks, I'd imagine. Uh, I would not sleep on any of that but for sure like strut and moogs is totally rad um and i totally need to get one so um just know that that's out there for you i also want to just throw one more plug out there for ultimate 84 the project that uh kit marshall is doing uh where he's got the screen printed uh decals and the inkjet decals that have been replicated to look just like the ones that are on the car in 1984 that are kind of like vintage museum pieces I I regret that I have been insanely busy this past week. And so I have not had the time to sit down and like film a video about this, but I'm going to try and take some photos and talk about this on Instagram this week. Uh, so folks can get a, a grasp of sort of what Kip is offering. If you haven't seen this already, I know that, um, that Troy Benjamin has done a, a quick piece on this on uh, ghostbusters HQ for sure. Uh, and so, you know, there's different places where you might be able to see what's in the package, even though I have not done a formal unboxing. But I do want to say again, uh, thank you to Kip for sending them along. And I want to say for sure that they're incredibly high quality, super nice. Uh, my favorite thing is that he's shipping these in high quality mailers with these like really nice labels on them. And I was like, man, where did he get like such good, thick, corrugated boxes that are like 16 inches or like 18 inches by 18 inches, like perfect squares. And then I saw that Kip posted that he was using deconstructed pizza boxes and my pizza making heart uh, fell like right back in love with this thing. So um, thank you again, Kip, for that, because it's totally awesome. Um, and lastly, an exciting thing to know about and coming in October. I mean, October. Why? Why does my Microsoft Word keep autocorrecting that wrong? This is getting really annoying. Anyway, an important thing to know about and coming in October.
that out later this fall season. It's going to be pretty awesome. And with headlines wrapped up, let's go now to my conversation with Craig Goldberg of Yes Have Some Podcast. Joining me on Extra Plasm Podcast for what might have been a, a really epic episode, given that it's episode 50, if we hadn't already done episode 46. <laughs> but someone who's been a friend of the podcast since the beginning and who I appreciate tons, Craig Goldberg of Yes Have Some Podcast is joining us on the show. Craig, how are you doing? Good. Uh, thank you for having me. I was trying to figure out, have I only done this show one time? I think you did it twice. I don't remember. But it was but, last year. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like we did it in the previous wave of like 46 episodes i think you were ah, twice. i see yeah. what you're saying okay well congratulations on on mile marker 50 and mile Thank marker you. 46 uh i was bummed uh i tried to make it work uh so that i could join the commentary episode but yeah uh i i did not uh i did not make that happen uh, that's why been, we said you come later so that you're here now it's good yes so. i now i would like to do my own commentary by memory <laughs> <laughs> Although I did, I, uh, uh, Abigail, uh, my co-host, my co, my co-pilot, uh, <laughs> your co-everything, <laughs> my co-everything, um, we watched Afterlife the other day on a whim because I have yeah. it, um, I've, I've got a lot of DVD and digital copies of Afterlife. Like I, I got rid of most of my Blu-rays, but I have all my Ghostbusters stuff. So, but I, it's on my Apple account. I think I maybe bought it on there mm -hmm. when it first hit digital. But anyways, that's boring. Uh, we watched it and I hadn't watched it in four or five months because I try not to watch it uh, too much. I want it yeah. to be. Uh, it's it's actually funny. I, we were just talking about this on YHS. I just recorded with Jacob. We with nostalgia movies, stuff from our, my childhood. I mean, I could watch Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 and Terminator 2 on repeat and never because it's comforting and you don't mm -hmm. get burnt out. But on modern movies, even Ghostbusters, I don't want to watch it too much. So um, all that to say, I, I like Afterlife and, and you guys did a great commentary. And, and I'll you. do whenever you do the neck, whenever the firehouse commentary happens. Yeah, no, I'll for sure. There. I want to do more commentaries as time goes on. I have I want to do um, I've joked lately that I want to do a firehouse commentary when it comes out, obviously. But I really want to do a commentary for the um, the show West Cut. <clears throat> like that, the real, like the, the cut that they've been showing at the, uh, Alamo draft houses. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Like yeah. Jason Ram took to the UK. It would be kind of fun to do like a commentary track to that sort of like early cut of the film and to be able to go, okay, here's, let's talk about all the things that are different between this one and that one and weigh in on it. So maybe we'll do that at some point too. That, that would, would be, be fun. fun. Yeah. Um, we should get Jason Reitman for that. Yeah, I'm sure Ask he'll just him. come on the show. I'm sure he'll just be like, he's. Hey, I can you, call him anytime. Do you have two and a half hours to kill to talk about the most nuanced, uh, nerdy, like, because I, you know, as a fan, first of all, if you've never watched that, uh, that cut, it's wild. It's amazing. I love it. <laughs> it is, is, it's insane. And it's like almost every single scene is at least a little different or a little yeah. longer or a little shorter or alternate takes. Like it's just a, and it's cool because I don't know of any other movies. I'm sure stuff like that exists for other movies. I'm sure there's a mm -hmm. Blade Runner fan out there. Like actually, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they even found that and were willing to put it out for like public consumption, yeah. I think was it at the, the UK screening that just did Jason Ryman said that, 
uh, my dad would be really bummed if he knew yeah. that I was touring <laughs> this thing. Yeah, because it's kind of funny if you think about it. Like people press your, like uh, them for a director's cut of Afterlife, or people want a director's cut, which is supposed to be oh, well, the director didn't get everything they wanted in the film because you know some production forces, whether it was, you know, executive producers or studio executives who were like, we don't want that. So or you need to cut it down. So the director's cut is always supposed to be like what the director's vision was untampered with. But that cut of the film is like not a director's cut at all. It's like the director's like work in progress. <laughs> we never wanted you to see it cut. It's weird. Right. It's very much <laughs> like like everything assembled like an assembly cut. Yeah. But there's just no music. There's no fat. It's just like a, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird thing. And you know, it's funny. Um, in our bedroom, we have a VCR and VHS combo, uh, television type setup. And we watch all of our old favorites all the time. Uh, cause there's no cable or anything in there. Uh, because it's 2023 and who would have cable? Uh, but we, we put on these old VHSs all the time. And, um, you know, so I, I have that experience of watching, uh, you know, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters two and Wayne's world and all my old favorites. So I love watching movies in that way because it just mm-hmm. takes me back to childhood, like watching it in that pan and scan, like, yeah. Or, uh, as a kid, uh, I would always wonder why Winston was floating above everybody uh, at the <laughs> at the end when when uh, when they're discussing the next steps after when they're fighting Gozer. And you know, if you watch it in widescreen, he's just hunched over. But right. like when you watch it on a four four scale TV or whatever, like I was always like, why is Winston floating? Like I never understood that. <laughs> but anyways, all this to say, the other day we were going through some YouTube videos or something the other day. It was like 1980s commercials. And one of them, there was the original trailer for Ghostbusters popped up. The, yeah. the uh, ghosts are real. You know that one? <laughs> yep. and, and I was trying to put myself in the mindset of like, what would it have been like? Let's say I'm 17, 18 years old, 1983, 1984. I'm a huge, you know, I loved Caddyshack. I love Animal House. I love Stripes. And I see that first trailer for Ghostbusters and then Bill and Dan and Harold popped up. I would have lost my mind. <laughs> like it, it almost like it took me 40 years for it to click. Like, Oh, that's why, that's why it's so good. Yeah. Cause these guys were the best. Yeah. It would be like now, like taking, you know, and I'm not that I'm a huge fan of all these people, but it's like, imagine if you took the cast of the hangover during the peak of the hangover movies and you yeah. just like, they're going to go make this now. Like the same people who went and watched three hangover movies for some reason. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> like they would have went and watched that too, you know, First because of all, yeah. Well, you know, the, there's a Ghostbusters hangover connection, which oh. is, <laughs> I don't know that I know this. <laughs> well, it's, it's, um, Ivan Reitman kind of sort of discovered Todd Phillips. Ah, Okay. And uh, kind of shepherded his career and, and helped. Uh, I think he produced Road Trip um, and um, Old School gotcha. and then obviously Hangover. So there's a great podcast interview of um, this is the most random thing ever, but it's Ivan Reitman interviewing Todd Phillips about Joker, <laughs> the Joker movie. <laughs> okay. After that came out, <laughs> they did it. at It's some sort of like film series or something. I don't, I don't remember what organization did it, but it was basically like they did a a screening of Joker and then Ivan interviewed 
Todd Phillips afterwards. <laughs> and um, now I'm second guessing myself. Like, it wasn't Jason Reitman, was it? I'm 99% sure it was Ivan Reitman. But, anyways, uh, The Hangover. What, what, you know, what are you going to do? But, anyways, yeah, I love Ghostbusters. That's what this was all about. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, I'm second now guessing I'm- myself. Um, yeah. A DGA. Okay. It was the director's guild director's guild podcast yeah. Joker with director Todd Phillips and Ivan Reitman. You can find it yep. on, uh, uh, whatever they call that thing. iTunes, Apple podcast. Apparently you can also find when they were on, uh, the Howard Stern show together. And, uh, apparently yep. Ivan tells the story of how director Todd Phillips was first discovered. So, there you go. There There's it is. Lots of things. I had no idea. That's you. That's enlightening. Thank you. Anytime <laughs> Abby tries to like roll her eyes about, cause like she does this thing where Abby and Jacob like to gang up on me. Cause I really liked uh, Joker and I'm like, well, you know, Ivan Reitman also liked it. So <laughs> deal with It's kind that. of like, I'm not a huge fan of space jam, but I still have to you know admit that <laughs> Bill Murray was in space jam. And the reason he that was. Bill Murray was probably in space jam is cause Ivan Reitman had his hand in space jam. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a hot take, but Space Jam is quite literally bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like it's pretty there's terrible. Some good, there's some good stuff in there. Bill Murray is funny, and and you know, it's yeah. Um, and that's coming from. You're never going to have a bigger Michael Jordan fan on this podcast than me. I am a big '90s Chicago Bulls fan. I grew up in Chicago in the '90s. So, so you had uh, a starter jacket that was really puffy, and um, listen. <laughs> I've always been a strange. Um, I had one. That's why I can say I never, this. <laughs> I never had a Bulls one for some reason. Like when it came time, uh, there came a time in every young man's life. Uh, I w- I didn't go to Hebrew school. I didn't get a bar mitzvah, but I did get a starter jacket. And uh, <laughs> uh, and for some reason, I chose a Seattle SuperSonics. So I had a a a green and yellow Sonics jersey, which. Makes no sense as a Bulls fan, but I, I wore it all the time. I was a big starter was a big deal. It was a big deal. If people don't remember, it was a very big deal. I had a starter Rangers jacket. I had a starter Bulls jacket, even though I can't play basketball and couldn't tell you a thing about it at this point. I was just I wanted to be like Mike. Um, I was I'm very clearly not like Mike whatsoever. I don't look like him. I don't, I don't play basketball <laughs> like him. I don't but sound like him, but you've got a microphone. So I have can. a mic, but I gave up drinking Gatorade a long time ago. It's um, Michael Jordan producing properties wore off and um, I'm no longer <laughs> like Mike. Sorry, everyone. There you go. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how we got down this rabbit hole. Oh, That's we were okay. talking about afterlife. So, yeah, yeah, this is all coming back to I watched afterlife recently. Great film. Yeah. Loved it. Enjoyed every second of it. <laughs> Michael Jordan was in it. He's, <laughs> you know what? It's the only thing that would have made it better. I, um, I have to say, I only had really laid off of watching afterlife before we did that commentary. Cause I didn't want to, um, like burn myself out on it before I sat down to watch it. And then I did watch it the day of just to be like, I didn't watch it. I watched the commentary from big head club that, um, Okay. You know, because I was like, I want to just go back and fact check anything so I don't say something too stupid. And then shout out to Michael Tanaka, who sent me a list of corrections anyway, um, because I still said things that were stupid. So thank That's you, just Michael. That's what he does. <laughs> he exists to keep everybody on their toes. It's awesome. Um, he doesn't send correction letters to YHS because 
it would be too much for him. I think we're so <laughs> wrong about so much all the time. I don't even think he would be able to like you and Troy would get like you get your little fact checks. But like we're YHS is so off base that it's not even worth his time. <laughs> I have to say, it was a very informative email I got from Michael. So that said, with no shade, it was totally like, hey, he actually was the person who emailed me and said, hey, here's who is stunt Egon driving the car. Yeah. And it's like, how I does he like, even know that? And he knew immediately that it was like Aryan uh, apparently said it on a podcast on the cross rip when he was interviewed by Troy and Chris. He mentioned in passing who drove the truck. And I was just like, how did I didn't pick that up? But anyway, well, um, he definitely didn't say that on our podcast because there's no way we would have ever asked that. <laughs> yeah, well, I I am. Um, I don't know if you know this, but at one point uh, <laughs> I was picking up marshmallows before afterlife and um I was sending them off to people in New York and I had listed a few on eBay just because I was like, what the hell? Why not? Um, I'll send the them overseas. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you couldn't buy them in New York because even though the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man's from New York, they were Walmart exclusive. So you couldn't find them in city limits because there's no Walmart no, no within the okay. five boroughs. So I had been sending stuff to people in New York and I put a couple up on eBay just like, ah, whatever, I'll send them internationally to people who want them. I wasn't asking like an arm and a leg for them. It was just a thing to do. And the next thing I knew, somebody bought them. And I was like, oh, OK. And I realized they were going to some like um, like weird industrial park outside of L.A. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I looked at the name and it was like Aryan. And I was like, what? And I realized <laughs> that Aryan was buying marshmallows from me on the Internet because he wanted them for his crew and he hadn't yeah. received them from Campfire. So he was like, I'll just go on eBay and buy I'll them because I, I don't want to go to Walmarts and buy them. And I was like, dude, I'll just bring these to you if you want. I feel bad. I like, don't no, blame it's fine. him. That's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to so, go to Walmart either. Yeah, um, he was like, I don't have time to run around to different Walmarts around the Los Angeles area and look for marshmallows. You already did the work. I was like, okay, cool. So, Well, you know, I was excited he posted that that. Um, firehouse teaser poster on Instagram. Aryan did. Yeah. And I'm really excited that he's back involved with um, the, the new movie because like uh, for a lot of different reasons, I, th I think the, the crew will be quite different um, just in general, like they're filming or they filmed it in England and not Canada. Uh, mm -hmm. So you're going to have different crew members, different prop people and, and all that. But um his work specifically on Afterlife was amazing. Like the, the you know the Terror Dog stuff is incredible, and obviously uh, anybody should go. It, it was one of the special features uh, behind the scenes. Things had some stuff from his studio, and yeah, uh, the uh, you know his work on the Gozer stuff and the uh, the dude the the. I keep thinking taxi cab, but it's not a cab. It's the, the minor, the minor, the minor ghost. ghost yeah. yeah. All that stuff, all the practical effects. Just amazing. That guy's amazing. Super talented. Amazing stuff. Um, but I just, it's kind of funny. Cause I was like, at that point I was like, well, wait, he's just given me the address that he wants these marshmallows sent to. That means there has to be stuff at that location. <laughs> it's like, Get the SWAT to get, get all the SWAT gear. We're going to break don't in from the that. roof. No, no you, you show up, uh, dressed as a mailman <laughs> like you pull up in like your whatever honda accord and you're like the mail's here you're just and you they're not even packaged up you just have loose bags of marshmallows totally low-key 
Yep. Yep. That's just funny. here to deliver these uh these marshmallows on the marshmallow <laughs> delivery man. Sent straight from campfire. Heard you needed a stock. <laughs> yep. We got your emails. Um, we knew that you needed this for your crew, and we've got a truck parked outside. Don't worry, just let me in. <laughs> Every three years I find myself throwing away bags of stale marshmallows. Yeah. Because whenever whenever, you know, they do uh some new release, whether it was 2016 or whatever, I buy them. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing? But the the last release was actually really cool because they did look just like the the ones yeah. from the movie. So um I just went through my um my act of shame over the weekend because I needed to clean up around here. And uh I'm sorry to tell everybody that I actually threw away an entire trash bag full of nothing but marshmallows and cereal because I had so many of these damn things. But I did save my bags. I was like, well, the bags I mean, look good. So I'm going to keep them. I, I threw away like five literal cases of 2016 <laughs> Ecto cooler. Like I was like, what do I, I have like pallets of the stuff. It's the worst release of Ecto cooler ever. <laughs> ever, it, does, ever. it just looks, it literally just looks like, Oh, this guy loves high C. Uh, so I had all those cans. I still think I have a sealed uh, 12 pack or whatever of the, the box, the the drink boxes. Juice boxes, yeah, yeah. Um, but still, like I did third random places in the house. I'm like, oh, another pallet <laughs> of ecto cooler. It's really buying a lot of this stuff. Yeah, back then. I had to I remember tell ordering myself, that off Amazon or something. I, I had to tell myself the other day. I was like, you could go chasing after a cup from Starbucks, like, and spend thirty dollars on it. But why? Like you just threw away all of these drinks and all of these marshmallows and all these things. And I was just like, you don't, you don't need a $30 cup. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Okay. (laughs) I haven't been keeping up with this. This is the Starbucks slime cup. Yeah. 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 But it's not in the dark. It's not Ghostbusters brand. And it's just, everybody wants it because it looks like it has slime coming out of it and it's green and it may as well be a Ghostbusters item. And some people are wish casting. Some people are off like spreading rumors where they're like, Oh, it's only not a Ghostbusters item because the movie's been delayed. And you're like, mm, no, I don't believe no. that. <laughs> That's not true. Is it true. because of the line where Dan Aykroyd says it's the Starbucks now? Is that, is so. that the synergy? Yeah. Dude, I think I need one then. Now, See, I'm, now I, I need like, one. I don't. I didn't mean to do that to you. But um, And if you went out cool. and bought a cup out there, I don't mean to be like, hey. No, you're it's fine. <laughs> send me one. I, I mean, I. Uh, <laughs> send me one if you got send one. Send me yeah. one if you bought one. If you don't want it. I mean, I end up getting. Yeah, I've got like the old 7-Eleven, like the big jug they were doing in Canada and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I. I like this time of year. It's fun when Halloween comes around and you can go get like the the pumpkin pails from mcdonald's and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff so i get it it's the halloween spirit more than sure anything. but i can't spend 30 dollars on a cup is that how much it costs <laughs> yes it's 30 dollars. it's 30 dollars because there's an entire much like there's those of us who collect everything that has ghostbusters on it there's actually an entire culture of starbucks limited edition tumblr collectors and so, like, Starbucks figured out that they could just be like, hey, we sell a reusable, like, you know, cold, hot, friendly tumbler, and we could put those out every quarter with different designs and charge $30 for them. And the people who already come here and spend $8 on a caramel macchiato will buy that cup from us. And so. So, okay. They're going for like 60, 65 bucks on eBay. Yeah. Now, this is what we like to call the time value proposition. 
I don't feel like driving to 20 different Starbucks and wasting my whole Saturday just right. to not find it. So just spend double. Right. This is where we are. That's where we are. It's a little yeah. experiment called capitalism. Yes. It's here to stay, folks. Well, but, at least and, for and this for year. some of those people selling those Starbucks cups who haven't figured out they're going to get a 10.99 at the end of the year or whatever it is. Guess what? That $60 cup, you're going to break even on it. Good luck. Yeah. You better pay those taxes on that slime cup, buddy. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what we got on random collectible things, but I do like you're a good person to talk to about collectibles because you have a massive Ghostbusters collection and a massive toy collection and you basically talk about toys every week. Um so, Yeah, you know, I'm trying to really I'm 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 doing this thing and I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or because there's other things I want more of like so there's I think collectors go in these cycles. I know when I first started collecting Ghostbusters it was like everything and anything. If it has the logo, I'm buying it. Every yeah. t-shirt, every pencil case, every book bag, whatever. And what what ends up happening is I don't you don't have the space for all of it or it just sits in a closet. So like I don't have that urge to buy everything, but now I'm, I'm analyzing the things I have and, and really kind of saying, cause I, to me, I'm at, it used to be about as much as possible, be about right. as much as possible, but now it's more like, is, is this something I really value as a collectible? Mm -hmm. And also part of it is knowing that there's a new movie coming out, which means it's going to be another four or five months of a ton of toys and action figures and yep. collectibles and chasing things down, which is, <laughs> is really fun. I love every inch of it, but um, like I w I've been cleaning up and trying to straighten up in the toy room and like afterlife, I bought two of everything. So now yeah. I've got all of these in package plasma yep. series figures and I have them all loose on display and I don't want to get rid of them, but I don't want them on a shelf. So it's just like you end up with all this stuff. Yes. It's like a yeah. fake problem that we make up for ourselves. Like, <laughs> no, I could you're not, just, it's, it is, I it's, could it just is, not buy it. You know? no, you're not wrong, but it is like a fake problem, but it is also a real problem because like, I think there's a whole bunch of us who, when the last movie came out, we hadn't seen so much Ghostbusters product all coming out at once. And like, since we were kids, like right. probably like maybe you could argue that like around the 25th anniversary and like the go and the video game, like there was a whole yeah, bunch of this action was figures, but this was way more than that. This was like, Oh my God, there's everything right. There's like, there's an incense burner. That's a trap now. <laughs> Just like, but also random stuff, you know, do you find I, the funny thing is, is like how quickly you take it for granted. Yeah. Like after like, a week of seeing Kenner Ecto ones in Walmart. Like it didn't phase me anymore. <laughs> right. But I'm like, you should be way more. You should buy every one of those, dude. Um, it's like, I go to target and be like, Oh look, there's mod blasters on the bottom shelf again. There they are. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's yeah. just like, you kind of get caught up in like the, it's always the hype is the big thing. Yeah. Like I'm not the kind, I usually don't see movies more than once in a theater. Very rarely, even something yeah. I'm really excited for, mm -hmm. like even a new Star Wars movie or something like I see it and then I'm, I'm good. But it's like you would think, wow, I spent my entire childhood and adulthood wondering what it would be like if they ever made episode seven and they <laughs> announced it. And I spent three years obsessing over every last detail. 
Right. And then the day finally comes and you take it in, you watch it for two hours and go, that was great. And then I'm just moving on to the next, like, <laughs> what's next? So it's almost like the, the hype and the buildup is, is far more exciting than the actual yeah. thing. It's like Christmas. Like it's the, the, if you're a kid, like, and I don't mean if you're not a Chris, if you're not Christian out there, if you didn't, I mean, I'm not necessarily Christian, but like if you didn't do Christmas as a kid, then it's like any other major holiday where you know, it's coming for weeks, like Halloween, like there's a countdown to it almost in your head. Like it's not even like somebody has to do it for you, but there's all this build up to it. And then like Christmas morning happens, you open the presents. And then it's over. It's <laughs> just like, then you it's move over. on. It's, it's over. Like you play and with the new toys. It's great. But then it's over. And then you wait for another year. And yeah, there is a hype to it. And there is that come down to it. I think too, you know, to some extent, um, it's kind of weird, but like, we'll talk about this in a minute, but I was seeing that with folks from dragon con this year too. Okay. Posts, yeah. Let's like people let's coming out that. of dragon con and sort of saying like three days, two days afterwards, the posts were think people saying like, I have, like Dragon Con recovery sickness, meaning like I had to re-enter the real world and like not actually be at Dragon Con anymore. And that to me, I think is kind of fascinating because you go off to a convention or something like that and you're building up to that kind of an event for weeks and weeks and weeks and months. People are planning their costumes and it happens well, and everybody has to return to real life. <laughs> yeah. And, and post-con depression is a very real thing. And I, I don't, I don't experience it quite as much these days, but the old days, the first, like we're, I think it's my 15th Dragon Con. And it's probably my eighth or ninth PKU surge or whatever. And you would build up to this thing all year. And then it's like four days of just having fun and partying and being with your friends and celebrating Ghostbusters. And then it's done and you are back at work and, uh, you know, your, 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 your brain and your body and your mind are still like on that high. Mm hmm. And we all know real life can't live up to that. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a real thing. And then you, this is what always happens. People start immediately planning for next year as a way to, to get them, but that only lasts like a week. And then you don't think about it again until like three weeks before the next one. And you realize it's too late to do anything new. So you just wear the same stuff, the same costume from last year. You wear it on the house for a week to get over it. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> just like people go home dressed as hobbits. They don't train out of it. That's how they get over it. But I, I don't know. I've never been to Dragon Con, but I relate to that in a weird way because when I was coaching academic debate and I would be away for three weekends out of four, I would be off at tournaments from like Friday to Monday. And it was like being around all these people who were intensely involved in arguments and like research and all this stuff. And your brain would be operating in that space for like four days and then you'd right. come home and everything operated at a different speed. It was like right. everything was happening differently. Your interactions with everybody were different. Like the relationships were different. And so it was like almost like a weird culture shock to like right. snap in and out of, you know? So, yeah. Well, and I know we're going to talk about DragonCon and maybe that's a good segue. Um, you've never been to DragonCon? I have never been. I, I keep saying I was going to go and then I don't. And it's just for me, time wise, as somebody who teaches I start school like literally the week before Dragon Con starts right. and I'm like, oh, the Labor Day thing doesn't help me really. So, so Dragon yeah. Con's a really, even just separate from Ghostbusters stuff, it's a very unique convention. It's unlike, it's so, people are like, well, how's it compared to San Diego Comic Con? I'm like, it could not be more different. Dragon Con is, it almost feels like for four days you're in some alternate universe. Mm -hmm. where it's like all the same people that are always there. It's the same, like there's all these weird bands and I say weird in the nicest way possible. Just like interesting, like 
nerd music mm-hmm. that I feel like all these bands maybe play one show a year and it's at Dragon Con and like their entire fan base congregates there. Right. Um, and it's it's really kind of a like almost like this and it's also so such a cosplay convention. Right. Where it's like when if you're not wearing a costume, you feel like odd <laughs> man out. San Diego is much more entertainment driven, focused, right. uh, much more vendor driven. Like Dragon mm-hmm. Con is not good for vendors. I mean, there's huge vendor halls, but it's like how many uh, steampunk hats can one person wear? <laughs> <laughs> like, and, know, like Disney, like, and Disney's not like coming out to promote a movie at Dragon Con. No, it's not no. what it's about. Like it's I have fan driven. As an outside person looking in at it for years, I have kind of joked that to me, it's kind of like cosplay Burning Man, except you don't have to go out into the desert. You go to Atlanta. <laughs> it is like, like that. And it very much like it's it's unique because you're in downtown Atlanta and this part of town is not. It's usually fairly quiet in this downtown area. There's big right. hotels and stuff because there's always like conventions and conferences and stuff. But like these four hotels that are all literally connected by skyways. Um, just turned into 24 hour cosplay parties. And th- it's almost like the party doesn't even get going till midnight. Right. And it's just, and all the music for some reason is like stuck in 2007. <laughs> so it's like a lot of, uh, you know, to the window, to the wall. It's just like, <laughs> why are they, but why is it this song still? Um, but you know, we do PKE search there, which is the big, uh, Ghostbusters gathering, which is yeah. kind of evolved um, a lot, started in either 08 or 09. And it was started by, it's a little murky. I think Dan Harshman from uh, Virginia Ghostbusters started it. And then AJ Quick from GB Fans was always involved. And the Georgia Ghostbusters, Chase Ambrose, and, and those guys. And, and others, right? It's always mm-hmm. been kind of like a conglomerate of different Ghostbusters groups. Uh, Borzu from uh, Denver. Um, a lot of the old school guys. Yeah. Uh, who have been in and around the Ghostbusters prop building and franchise community for a long time. So they start in Austin Young. Um, so yeah, I, I can just keep naming names. But so it started in 08, 09. Abby and I started participating probably 2013, something like that. So 10 years ago, which is insane. Um, and it basically is because they do a huge parade. Uh, they do the big Dragon Con parade, which is kind of the premier event of Dragon Con. It happens Saturday morning of Dragon Con. And there's a bunch of Ghostbusters that march. And some years there's, you know, 50. Some years there's 75. Some years there's 30. <laughs> there's always a couple Ectos. But I think the one year there was like, I think 2014, Ernie Hudson was there. Mm-hmm. And he rode at the front of the parade. He was like the guest of honor. And there was like six Ectos, including like, uh, I don't, I, I think from, I don't remember where it was from, but one of the best Ecto one replicas. And like, it was just really, it's, it, it's almost emotional when you participate in it. Cause it's mm-hmm. like a, a, it's a, a collective of people who all love this same thing. Right. Um, and this year was crazy. Like we, we weren't, really uh and like i'm still involved but i'm not like deep into it like i help where i can but there's other people that do the planning and and stuff but we are allocated a hundred ribbons for the parade Mm -hmm. um and and this was the first year ever they gave out all like we do a a mixer the night before and they gave out all hundred so that's awesome um and and i would say 
70% of the people are not like franchise people. Like they're just huge Ghostbusters fans who right. have built packs or there's a lot of HasLab packs, which by the way, they look so good. Like they did, I, I, I think yeah. the HasLab pack is a feat of, I can't believe they pulled it off. I um, say the only thing that I point out about it when I see them in a group is how the hose connects. It's how you can spot them. Oh, right, they right, have right. That, they make that specifically like, weird J shape off the yes. bottom of it that goes up to the top of the wand when they're mounted. Right. But other than that, like you would just be like, yeah, they look really good, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So huge participation this year. And then like we do, um, they, they, there's like a mixer. That's always a themed mixer the, the night before the parade. So this year they did a high fantasy theme. Um, it's like a, it's like, let's do ghostbusters, but fantasy and it, the participation was okay this year. There were some people that were like Gozer or, you know, uh, Shandorian society people and Gozer mm-hmm. worshipers and, and knights and stuff like that. Um, and then they did a Hawaiian theme one year. One year we did a pajama party, which was really fun. <laughs> and uh, Abby, Jake, and myself all went as uh, uh, Ernie, Dan, and uh, uh, Harold in their their PJs, their long johns, the long underwear. Yeah, yeah. So it's really fun. And then next year is going to be like a country hoedown Ghostbusters theme. Um, but yeah, participation is great. And then I think with the 40th anniversary of the movie and the new movie next year, it should, should be even be uh, even bigger. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I still want to try and come to dragon con. I admittedly get a little wound up about it too, because I'm like, that's a lot of people. <laughs> it, it is. What's interesting is like, we all have like our social anxieties, but it's like, it's so it's like everybody's going through the same thing. So it has like a counter, like, you you might be around a hundred people who normally would be kind of quiet, reserved, yeah, uh, wallflowers who because you're in like a overstimulated environment where it's like whoa that guy's dressed as Gollum and he's doing a handstand <laughs> over there and like there's a bunch of Ghostbusters over here and like Wonder Woman's over there so it's just like very much like I don't know it just works somehow it works yeah I'm I want to still that's on my my bucket list of things to do you know I would like to. Make it to a Dragon Con specifically for PKE Surge. Yeah. Although I have I have said that it would be cool to also have like a West Coast PKE Surge style meetup. Yeah. I the, mean, because it's like hard to go do a cross country trip with all your stuff yeah. and all your gear. Well, you know? the but, um I know the LA guys normally did the event at San Diego Comic Con that was I mean la- they didn't do it this year, but last year it this was pretty year. big. Yeah. They did it they did it the previous year. They didn't uh they didn't do it this year. And I don't know if it's a thing they're going to continue to do. I'm not really sure, yeah. but they do a lot I mean, of other thing- stuff like around LA smaller, but I just like, that's also a thing of like, come to San Diego comic-con and be at that big event with, you know, like I've kind of jokingly said that I would love to see an event around like, um, WonderCon Cause it happens like in Anaheim. And so you could make it like come out for like this anime this animation and sort of pop culture convention. That's smaller. And then turn it into your weekend stay and go to Disneyland because it's like right next door. <laughs> like, but yeah, Comic-Con's hard. It's just a lot of, you know, right. There's a lot going well, on I think San Diego. organizing a, an event like this on its own is really hard because you, dr- people are just, the Dragon Con attracts 50,000 people. So right. it just makes it a, to do like a Ghostbusters gathering. And it's, it is fa- like PKs are just fairly informal. Like there's the the little mixer and then there's mm-hmm. the parade and then they do like an awards lunch and that's yeah. it. Like we, right. we've toyed with 
making it like more organized and it's like project plan. It's hard. Nobody wants to be working right while you're there. Like one yeah. year we did a prom, which was really cool. It's great. But it was a lot of work. Yeah. It's like, it's Friday night at Dragon Con. We're all decorating and now we're taking it all down. <laughs> it's like, this is supposed to be vacation. What are we doing? But right. it's great. And like the people like Chase uh, and his wife, Katie, have put a lot of work into it the last uh, forever. And Katie's gotten more involved with the planning. And um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think next year will be even better, though. So, yeah, you yeah. should try to come out. It's fine. I will try. It really is. I, I, I want to try and do a lot of things next year with the movie coming out. I'm hoping to. Yeah. Go to different places and do things, you know? So, well, I've said it, um, on YHS, but the, if all goes according to plan and there's a, a premiere, like they've done the last two movies, we, yeah. the plan is for yes, have some to do another, uh, event. We did a party last right. time that yeah. was very much like flying by the seat of our pants. Let's not even worry about if we can pull this off and let's just do it. And it turned out to be really good. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll try our we'll try our best to to do that and hopefully have some time to plan it. But it's Ghostbusters, which means there won't be any time. <laughs> we found out about Ectofest about a week ahead of time. Was it last hey, time? Sometimes I think that this is part of the ethos of the franchise. Yeah. Right? It's like they didn't come up with a business plan and be like, hey, we're gonna go off and start a business. Instead, they had to get fired from their jobs and then suddenly figure out how to start a business. So I think just the entire ethos of Ghost Corps at this point is driven around that. It's just about having to figure it out suddenly in a pinch with what's available to you. And I right, say that with the most right. love possible. Like, it's not sure. judgmental or negative. It's just like that it, permeates everything about Ghostbusters. So why it wouldn't is. it permeate anything? Can you get the movie driven? out in 11 months? We right. need $30 million. Go make it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a special, unique, one-of-a-kind franchise. That's yeah. all I can say. I love it. Um, it's the best. I wanted to ask you, since you were at Dragon Con, was there anything this year in particular that was like your favorite thing that happened? It doesn't have to be a Ghostbusters thing. It could just be something you thought was the best thing at Dragon Con. So, um, we, I'm trying to think. We, there's so many panels and there's so many like guests and, and it's overwhelming. And I end up, I usually don't end up doing 95% of the things I want to do or think I might want to do. Um, so I attempted to get, uh, an animation cell signed by Maurice LaMarche like eight times and it just never <laughs> happened. Every time it went into the dealer room, he was, or the, the walk of fame room, he was not there. And on the last day I went in and his table was gone. Like he had just bailed. So I just did that did not happen. That's it not was the best thing. <laughs> I know I'm not answering your question at all. Um, there was, but. Maurice was there and uh, uh, Jason Marsden was there mm -hmm. and also uh, Billy West was there. So there was three extreme Ghostbusters characters there. And I was like, oh, I should get something signed. I, like, I don't have anything. So, but let me answer your question. We go to uh, the Georgia Philharmonic Orchestra does like a two hour show at Dragon Con every year. And they do uh, songs from, you know, Stuff you'd expect an orchestra to play in Dragon mm -hmm. Guns. Indiana Jones, Superman, Jurassic Park, all that stuff. Um, so that was really good. Uh, they played the score to Dark Knight Rises, which I am unapologetically a huge fan <laughs> of, and everybody else on the podcast <laughs> fuck friggin' hates it. Sorry. I forget if we You're can fine. here. You can. Um, it's fine. So that was a fist bump moment for me. Fist bump moment. 
Um, there is a an event called an evening at Bree, which is a big Lord of the Rings party. Yeah, and we all dress up like hobbits. I know uh, next to nothing about Lord of the Rings. Like it's one of those like I've seen all the movies, but I don't retain anything. Right. I just don't like fantasy just doesn't compute with my brain. I want to like it. I want to love it. <laughs> I want to collect swords and it's a really great party. Everybody seems really smart and intellectual and, and just kind. It's different than we hang out with the ghostbusters. It's just like everyone's rough around the edges and drunk and just like, but at the evening at Bree, these are smart people. These are literary people. (laughs) They're literary people and they have this band that plays and they do this song called Don't Go Drinking with Hobbits and everybody sings along and it's fantastic. And we've done that two years in a row. That's really fun. And Abby and Jake are, they love Lord of the Rings. They're obsessed. So, so it's fun. I feel like they're, they're, you know, caretakers. Like I'll go to the Lord of the Rings party with you. Um, so that's always fun. And, um, other than that, it's it's mostly just seeing friends, seeing people that I haven't seen, and it's usually a year. Um, and then it's also good to see there's some like YHS people that are there, like mm-hmm. listeners, supporters. Jeff Wisnot is, uh, you know, our our resident admin is always yeah. popping around. Blue Chainsaw he, Man, Blue Chainsaw yeah. Man, he just appears out of nowhere and says something funny and. I saw out. his uh his Kool-Aid man costume this year that was apparently a big hit. He ran around saying, Oh yeah. yeah. And I liked I don't just to like retell a story I saw in social media, but I am totally gonna a little bit. I thought it was funny. He posted that photo and then apparently somebody he knew, he was like, Hey, it's me. And they were like, Who's in there? Because <laughs> I think it was Jessica Parker. Shout out to Jessica That's, Parker of uh, oh, yeah. you know, Batman Geeks podcast. She apparently got hugged by Je- by uh, by Jeff, and he was like, "Hey, it's me, Jeff." <laughs> like That's funny. The costume, or something. you can't hear anything in there. Um, so that's really funny. I think um, here this is a little self serving, but Brock Parker. I love Brock Parker. He's one of my favorite people in the world. Host of the Bama Geeks podcast. Yeah, shout out to Bama Geeks podcast, by the way, as we're like talking about this. Shout out to Bama Geeks podcast. He brought um, his NECA Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 uh, box set to have uh, Abby and myself and Jacob sign it. (laughs) (laughs) Because you have a log line on the back of it? Because we have a log line on the back of it. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, that was... That was, uh, you know, I would have not predicted in my my content creation career that we would get a log line on the back of Ninja Turtles merchandise before <laughs> Ghostbusters. But, you know, winding roads, you just take them as they come. It is kind of funny for folks who don't know this, like Craig and Abby and Jacob have a show uh, with Ryan Dole called Toy Anxiety outside of just their Yes Have Some show where they just talk about toys like of all kinds of things toys. that have nothing to do yeah. with ghostbusters necessarily and sometimes they do but often they don't and <laughs> you've gone from being like hey we make a show on youtube uh during a pandemic to hey we're now literally the people who are like <laughs> providing commentary on the back of toys like the inside of a novel uh, well, which is kind so of funny <laughs> it's weird to toy anxiety has grown a lot um it's it kind of just took off and uh there's a lot of people who find us through that and don't even know about uh YHS prime or YHS, right. You know, f- the flagship show or whatever we call it. <laughs> um, They're deep space but, nine fans who never even knew about the next generation. That's that would be insane. <laughs> that, now that would be 
like somebody's just like a huge, you know, Star Trek. What's the one with Scott Bakula? That oh, one? Enterprise. Yeah. yeah. Like, I love this Enterprise. I wonder if they've ever, they've never done anything before this, have they? Like, have they? Uh, no. You never thought about checking out the, the history of the property? Like, so yeah, uh, Toy Anxiety is really fun and it kind of gives us a, another outlet. Um, but we ended up having to kind of make it its own thing separate from YHS and, and, um, just because of YouTube algorithms, YouTube yeah. does not want you to talk about movies and toys. It's like, you pick no, it's like one, one or the buddy. other. Yeah. yeah. You're like one thing or another. That's it. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we've gotten to know the guys at NECA and it's also funny. Like we've gotten to know of all things, like I can't get in touch with anybody who's worked on Hasbro ghostbusters, but <laughs> we're really close with the Marvel guys like, <laughs> like Ryan and Dan and those guys. Like they're great. Um, can't get Pam on the show. No, I was gonna say you don't have Pam's number, huh? She's not on speed dial. So you know what it is? If, if anybody's interested in knowing this, I think what it is with, with the core brands like Marvel, Star Wars, GI Joe, uh, they kind of have like their set teams. Yeah. Um, but for the floater brands, like stuff, maybe Hasbro doesn't own, or they they license it out, but it's not it's evergreen. But like Ghostbusters, it'll be big for six months and then it kind of dips down. I don't think they they don't necessarily have dedicated personnel on those teams. Like they'll have people who are like the brand managers for a certain period of time, and then uh, they might you know float around. At least that's what I've heard. This so. is a good opportunity to ask you this as somebody who talks a lot about toys more than I do, and who knows probably more about them than I do. Even though I feel like I know a lot about like RC traps and where to find them. But um, <laughs> like, that's the thing I've become an expert in apparently, but um, that is true. Uh, you mentioned this to me. I feel kind of silly because Tony Taylor of, you know, Phantasm toys, Tony Taylor, who's awesome was on the show last week. And we did this entire episode sort of wish casting what we would like to see coming <laughs> potentially at toy fair. And then you and I talked and you were like, Hey, um, I don't think Hasbro is going to toy fair. And I was like, what? <laughs> so what do you feel about that? Like, what do you think about the fact that like Hasbro Mattel, some of the big toy companies are just kind of like, eh, we don't need toy fair anymore. Like we're just not going to go. So I think about this a lot, which I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. Um, I think so part of this is just, um, because of COVID, right? COVID. Yeah. COVID changed things Everything. much like much like the speech uh, given in the dark Knight rises about how Batman <laughs> changed things. Uh, sorry. Um, maybe that we're going to have actually. to queue up the soundtrack and then get copyright struck. Maybe that That's- was dark Knight actually. Um, no. So toy fair traditionally forever, the big industry conference that would happen at the beginning of the year, usually February. Yeah where all the toy companies would roll out uh, their offerings for the year, right? Mm -hmm. It is covered by press, but it's more for retailers to go. It's for, it's where deals get made. Basically it's a deal making thing. Like, Hey, we are Hasbro. This is what we are offering from all of our brands throughout the year. And we're going to sell it all the big box retailers, the online retailers, et cetera. Um, COVID happened. Toy Fair didn't really happen for a couple of years and now it's back. This is the first year it's back and proper, but it's happening at a weird time. They've moved it from February to uh, the end of September. So, you know, when they roll it out in February, you're 
trying to sell all of your stock in preparation for the holidays for, right. for the following December. But now all that's already done. So for smaller companies, for your mid-sized companies, NECA, Super 7, McFarlane, whatever, there's obviously they still have to go make their deals for whatever. But I have a feeling Hasbro, Mattel, the two giants, they don't really need Toy Fair anymore. It's a huge mm-hmm. expense for them to set up right. and do these big showcases. And what they've both learned, and really Hasbro, if you think about Hasbro's rollout in 2020, they're not even in the convention center. They do their own private rollout. Mm-hmm. And they're only rolling out their collector brands at, right. at Toy Fair. Um, it's not like they... All their kids-focused stuff is happening somewhere else. Right. Um, but during the pandemic, Hasbro started doing PulseCon. Mm-hmm. And it is a lot cheaper and a lot more efficient for them to do a YouTube stream right uh in house in in Providence or whatever than to to literally spend millions of dollars to do the the convention yeah. center. So so it's a bummer because I, we we got to go to the one in 2020 and it was really cool and uh you know you have all your that's where they revealed all the plasma series and all the Kenner classics and everything else. Um so yeah, I have confirmed through my sources, uh, people that work for these companies, that both Mattel and Hasbro will not be at Toy Fair. Yeah. Um, Hasbro does have um, PulseCon a couple days from now. And uh, they've announced which brands they're focusing on. The, uh, PulseCon has been two days the last couple of years. just a one-day event. I do not believe there's going to be any Ghostbusters at PulseCon. But still a little early. Yeah. Movie's not going to come out till next spring. Uh, I would keep an eye out on uh, Hasbro's channels for announcements. Uh, they do have that 1027 event that they've been doing every year, which is like a Pulse exclusive mm-hmm. uh, kind of an informal rollout. That's where they did the... Uh, isn't that where they announced the that they were going to do the, the, the Proton Pack? Yeah. yeah. A couple yep. years ago. So yep. that is end of October. Maybe we'll get some Ghostbusters there, but... Um, I, I'm bummed because I, I really loved toy fair and, uh, now that doesn't mean they're never going to come back. Maybe they'll right. see value in it in the future, but not this year. Or maybe it means that toy fair will have to figure out how to create value for those brands to come back if they're going to continue to run it. But I think it's kind of analogous to looking at something like E3. Um, yeah. you know, E3 for years was like the place to go to, like, if you were a video game company. Uh, if you were right. going to do a technology stuff, you'd go to Consumer Electronics Expo, right? CES uh, was computer was it was called like Computer Expo Show or something. I can't remember, but like Nintendo Power used to talk about CES because it was such a big deal uh, when I was a kid. And yep. all of those conventions now too are kind of like I don't think E3 happened this year. I think they just kind of like rolled it up and went, nope, we're not doing it again because right a lot of these brands. I think you're right. Like companies figured out, well, we can talk directly to our customer base now. We can do live streaming. We can develop followers who are already subscribing to us and we can tell them, hey, next week we're going to show you something you really want to see. And even if they can't attend live, they can go watch it afterwards. So, right. And it'll be interesting too with like Comic Con this year. Like the actors were on strike and the writers were on strike and they couldn't have yeah. the big Marvel rollout and the big DC rollout and everything. Comic Con still happened. Everybody had a great time. Um, I think all of those companies will, will continue to be at San Diego. Uh, right. But, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some hesitancy because like it is a financial thing. Like Mm -hmm. for Hasbro to set up at toy fair, they're renting out a building. They are, um, you know, 
having to pay speakers. They're having to invite all this press. It's just like a big to do. The other thing is, this is, I think, something to keep in mind too. Toy Fair used to kind of kick off convention season. Yeah. It happened in February, and then there'd be more reveals at Comic-Con and then in, right. in the summer. Then a couple months later, there's more reveals at New York Comic-Con. But now, Comic-Con just happened, and then there was PowerCon, which mm-hmm. all the smaller toy companies did. And then there's Toy Fair, and then New York Comic-Con is in a couple weeks. So it just doesn't. Maybe, doesn't maybe Toy Fair will maybe. move back to February. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the logic was of moving it to September. I can't, you know, I don't know. But someone thought it was a good idea um, somewhere. So, yeah, I, I just think like there's just weird. Like we went to it was really bizarre. Like we went to uh, Toy Fair in 2020. Yeah. And this is right. This is like literally three weeks before mm-hmm. the world shut down. Yep. And the Javits Center, where they have Toy Fair and New York Comic Con, became a makeshift hospital. And like, like, right? I think we've we've gotten so far away from that. And I think they made some drastic like future changes. Oh, we need to start doing this in the fall. And like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the thinking was, but like, things have kind of gotten back to to normal. But there's there's adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with it, but I hope that we still get to see, you know, I hope that the 1027 event, maybe we'll get to see something cool. Uh, Ghostbusters wise. I think you're right. We may not see it at like PulseCon because it may be too early. We didn't see stuff from entertainment earth. We thought we were going to see in July, whatever that was. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it this way. If, if the movie is scheduled to come out end of March, we don't have any reason right now to think that there's going to be delays. Like even if the actor strike doesn't end till, I don't know, January, if they still had to do voiceovers and ADR, they could do that stuff yeah. very quickly. Um, if they have reshoots, who knows? But I mean, sometimes that stuff happens within weeks. Like it yeah. just does. Um, I mean, they did the, the Ernie Hudson uh, post credit scene mm-hmm. for afterlife, like literally a couple weeks before they showed that movie at CinemaCon. So yep. I don't know. But anyways, um, if all goes according to plan with, with the movie release schedule, I, I would expect uh, store shelves to get first wave of Ghostbusters merchandise by like late January. Like yeah, it's not very far. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think you're right. Like Q1, because if we're looking at a March release day still, if, we, if that holds, then you've got to get stuff out in the shelves sometime around then so yeah and, and at some point you will see me angrily posting about how everything's <laughs> register locked they won't sell it even though it's on the floor even though it's like all repaints of it's stuff always, i already have it's fine right after you don't finally get your stuff and you like post a picture of yourself with two of something i'm sure someone will comment underneath it this is why there's none where i live because you have them all you bought three in Atlanta, which affects Iowa's inventory. Exactly. It's all because of you. I, I can't wait till we get back to that point on Facebook. That's fun. <laughs> That's where it's fun. Do you, uh, what What are you hoping to see as far as toys uh, from the oh. new movie? I've been saying for a long time that I really want to see an Ecto-1 that really rolls. Um, that my figures fit in, my Plasma Series figures fit in, and my Maddie Collector figures by virtue of that would fit in. I don't really think I'm ever going to get it, to be honest. I think that um, I'm probably going to be left pretty disappointed just because I think that there's probably some real issues of hammering out a license with GM and paying fees for that. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. You know I mean, but, I, I would think that there's a way. There's got to be a way to do it. Uh, but I don't know. I have no I idea. Know. I've thought about that a lot too. I, I would love that. I would love something in a six inch scale. But I was um, talking about this last week with Tony that like, I'm not necessarily in the need for like, um, a whole, like, I really love the thing that was most fun for me from the last line was the fright features figures. Like they're the thing that I yeah. enjoyed the most. Cause they had the most sort of like toyetic, like appeal to them. And as much as the plasma series figures are cool and I like them, like the other figures are just more like they're fun. Um, they're so toys. I kind of hope to see more of the fright yeah. features line. I would be cool to see a firehouse play set for them, but I'm not holding out hope, but I've for said the fright for features. While, yeah. Like I want to, like, you know this, like you get what I'm talking about. Grayskull. They did a Grayskull origins, right? For masters of the universe where they update yep. that play set. They add sound to it. It's the same play set. It's still in scale with the original old school figures because it fits origins and origins is in scale. So it's like, it just feels like an updated version of a thing I had when I was a kid that does way more cool stuff. So I want like it would be cool to have a firehouse play set that had like a button you pushed and like the bells went off and like, yeah, know, somebody yelled out. We got one. Um, <laughs> I leave the, I, I wouldn't be shocked if there's some sort of firehouse play set for the fright features and figures. That'd um, be cool. I, you know, I would hope that it, that it's amazing and just as good as the old Kenner one. It won't be, but it would be cool. <laughs> like as much. Listen, I loved the afterlife. Um, Ecto one that they put out. Yeah. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as the Kenner one. No, especially because be. they put the Kenner one out at the same time. So it <laughs> yeah, was, was like, like, I want that I want one. That one. Like, give me the purple right. box because that thing is what I've been wanting a complete one of forever. And now I can just buy one for twenty nine ninety nine. So, right. Yeah. But so. yeah, I, I, I'm excited about that. I, uh, you know, it's Ghostbusters. They're, they're, the toys are always going to be fun. And, and yeah, um, I hope they can do more plasma series. And, and I, I have a feeling. I wonder if Hasbro's rethinking some of their strategy with six inch figures because the, uh, the Indiana Jones line tanked yeah. so bad. Yeah. Like I, I usually am not a fan of making like, uh, like having a subjective opinion based on, uh, anecdotal evidence, mm-hmm. but I promise you those Indiana Jones figures, even the retro stuff, just nobody cared. And yeah, not that many people cared about that movie either. It's like a weird, like the whole build up to that movie. I was thinking this is going to be huge. This is going to be massive. And then it came out and it was like, does anybody actually care about Indiana Jones? Maybe mm-hmm. nobody actually cares anymore. Um, but all that to be said, I think Ghostbusters, I think it has a bright future. I really do. I think I love the afterlife cast so much and knowing that they're all back. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, it's really good. Yeah, I hope like and that's not to say I don't want to see plasma series figures. I'd be happy to see them if they're out. I'm just much like I'm I'm kind of I said this last week that I'm kind of starting to think more about what do I value more? Like, I mean, I'm I'm not this is not to slag on it or put it down to anybody, but like there's that Egon Spangler spirit of Spangler Funko Pop that's getting teased this week. And I know oh, people, yeah, I saw some that. people were like, I need that. And I'm like, I'm so done with Funko Pops. I just can't anymore. Like they just, take so, a, I, I'm so finished yeah. with them. <laughs> we, Jake, Jake and I talked about this tonight. I, I think to me, Funko pops are like a, a nice entry level into collecting. Yeah. Like if you want to dabble with something fun to buy that costs mm-hmm. 10 bucks, that's traditionally not that hard to find. Um, they're just not my thing. I used to have a bunch of them. Not so much anymore. I have a couple of the Bill Murray ones and it's mainly because it's like, there's never going to be another, 
stripes or what about Bob? Yeah. Bill right. Murray figure. So right. it's like, this, this is all I got. And, and, and the fact that I'm at Walmart buying stripes figures is just funny. But, right. I mean, in my case, I bought the mini puffed ones from afterlife and none of the rest of them because I was like, Hey, I haven't, how many different action figures or how many different poses of these little characters am I actually going to get? And they're like, I can make a diorama out of them that'll look cool with my big sign pop. And you know, so it was like, okay, right. cool. I can do something with these. But I was like, I don't need a muncher. I don't need a, a little Phoebe. I just don't need this stuff. It's just not. I, uh, you know. the mini puffs are cool because they, they look different. Like, yeah. I kind of like the new chicken nugget, uh, the McDonald's <laughs> chicken McNugget Funkos because they don't look yeah. like Funko Pops. They look like, right. something else. like something else. I was walking through, I had to pick up a prescription, uh, and I was walking through CVS. Um, in the toy world, it's like a known thing. Like Walgreens has a better toy aisle than CVS. CVS's yeah. toy aisle sucks. Right. And this wasn't even in the toy. I was like near the bread. There just was a random Phoebe and podcast Funko Pops like sitting by themselves. <laughs> I was like, this is so peculiar. Yeah. It's but, like uh, when I see them at Michael's and I'm like, why are there Funko Pops at Michael's near the register? <laughs> right, That's right. so weird. Have you seen, I wanted to ask you about this. Um, there no was comment. A, a photo. Kidding. A photo that came out, McKenna Grace put out a TikTok this past week. Oh, where yeah. She um, was like, hey, here's like a bunch of photos from my year. And yeah. One, one of them was like her as Phoebe, like look, making a funny face in the camera. But right. One of them was her in the proton pack and in the flight suit, but without the wig on. And she was standing on top of a p- platform with part of a fire pole sticking out of it. Right. And there was like some sort of wood being used to like measure the diameter yeah, of the hole. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I saw this photo and my first inclination was seeing her standing on top of a platform that yeah. was circular with a fire pole sticking out of it was, oh my God, she's inside the Kenner firehouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you well, wouldn't that this? be funny if the, if in the new movie, the, to make it safer for the fire pole, it had like a platform <laughs> they stood on and it spun them around. Yes. I would like that. <laughs> yes. I would really like that. I was like sitting there going, please tell me that this is going to become a canon thing that like the firehouse is going to have a spiral pole now and it like just rotates down slowly. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, I did see, I did see those. Um, I know some, there was a couple people saying like, Oh, she's crossing the picket line. Like, Hey, a lot of union experts out there. All of a sudden, everyone needs to calm (laughs) down. She posted some pictures of her year just because her year was much better than yours. Just calm down. <laughs> My other favorite thing was people were like, why does that pack look so dumb? I'm like, that's clearly, first of all, it's a blurry photo. It's clearly like a stunt pack. Yeah. The girl just had back surgery right. like on her spine. <laughs> like, it's like, hey, also her hair is like long and blonde. Like it's rehearsal. Like I, Jim, here's what I'm getting at. I don't think people know how movies are made. I don't I, think I, they do. I really sometimes. don't. <laughs> I think they think they just get there. And they just, they just, just start acting the movie out chronologically in order. I, I just, Oh man, people are so peculiar. They are. But I have to say, I saw some similar comments about that. Um, what is she wearing on her back? And I was like, a proton pack that's a stunt pack you like i'm guarantee you that bill murray when he came down on set they weren't like hey bill we got the og 51 50 pounder for you we know yeah. we gave it a, we gave the kid who just had back surgery a stunt pack but you bill you're getting the real OG. that's it you're gonna yeah, be on the ground i don't even think it day. was like to me i was like <laughs> i don't even know if we would call it a stunt pack it was just something 
they probably cobbled together for like, you know, measuring and photography. Like right. it's just, it's clearly what it was is they were doing like, what do we need? Like we need to measure the diameter of the hole for our right. actors to safely pass through while they're wearing proton packs. <laughs> like, so now ridiculous. listen, if they're putting on the packs before going down the pole, that's going to be hilarious. Cause that seems like a really <laughs> bad idea. But I think part of it is what it is, is people are so um, desperate for any, because for anything, because it's like the, the nerd mind, the nerd mind wants to like, observe something and then yeah. like pick it apart. And when it's like, there's nothing to pick apart. They're going to still figure out like, right. What's that pack? What are they doing? What is this? And, and then when they get done with that, they're like, uh, is she supposed to be posting this? This is a bad look. Uh, I'm getting, what are you going to do? Call Fran <laughs> Drescher and let her know. I would like to report McKenna Grace. Like chill out. She's not starting a talk show back up on television without bringing in writers. <laughs> Hey, by the way, Bill Maher's doing it, and I know he just doesn't care. Right. Um, but Drew Barrymore had some really bad advisors. Like, yeah, and then she backed <laughs> off of it. She's actually come out and said, like, oh, we're gonna postpone doing this. And you're like, Yeah, but then people are still mad. Like, trust, course, I just went through this on I just went through this on yeah. Steve Harvey. <laughs> Guys, it's a joke. We're even more mad. Like, yeah. And if people haven't seen that, because we didn't mention it, um, your appearance on Steve Harvey was, was hilarious. Um, if you haven't seen the show, you. judge Steve Harvey has an episode in which, uh, Craig and, uh, Jay from geek dad life have a dispute over real ghostbusters toys. So uh, why didn't we talk about that at the beginning of this as part of the way we introduced you? I'm a terrible host. It was a rule. It was a rule in the ghostbusters community that nobody could cover it. No one could acknowledge that it happened. <laughs> Well, I did. I told people before you did. Uh, no, it was fun. It was really cool. It was, uh, it's a fun, silly thing. Like, not like, yeah, you know, sometimes in life, you just gotta do something, have some fun and sue somebody over a real Ghostbusters story <laughs> in, in TV court. Maybe that's my mom, you know, like my mom always tells the story about how she like waited outside at Toys R Us in the cold at like three in the morning while they were unloading the trucks so I could get a stay puffed. Now, listen, yeah. I don't know if that's a true story, but she tells it like it is. So I'll just. So Ghostbusters is in my blood. Hey, I'll believe that story is real because I have a real life story about how my dad once waited outside FAO Schwarz uh, on, a, on a Sunday morning, uh, at, beginning at four o'clock in the morning to try and get me a copy of Super Mario Brothers 2. And he was that's freezing. Awesome. He was freezing. He went and stood outside at the store at like seven in the morning once he could line up there to get inside. And then they didn't open the doors at nine when they were supposed to because Louis Gossett Jr. was private shopping that morning. And um, my dad had to watch Lou shop as he does through the windows. And my dad stood outside freezing. And so I think this is why my dad really hates Iron Eagle. He's just like, um, <laughs> wasn't Louis Gossett Jr. also in Jaws three? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Um, so well, he does conventions. So next time I see him, we're going to ask him about his private shopping. <laughs> I love if you ever go back real quick, if you ever go back on YouTube and watch uh, these uh, videos of like parents lined up to buy Super Mario Brothers for their kid, yeah. it's that generational divide where like if you're a parent and like a parent of a young child in 1986, you did not understand video games at no. all. And uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, why are you out here? Like, yeah, my kid, he likes this, uh, you know, this game. I don't even know what it is, but you know, I'm out here. It's like just not even, like being completely owned by their kids. Um, we were watching The Shining yesterday. I don't know when the last time you saw that movie is, but 
there's a part at the beginning where they're all taking a tour of the hotel and Danny, the kid like breaks off and he's playing one of the arcade games. Yeah. And he comes back and when he pops back in, Jack Nicholson goes, what's the matter? You done bombing the universe? And it's like, (laughs) that's somebody who doesn't understand what happens in a video game. (laughs) You know, it's just a funny like you done bomb in the universe i'm like even uh, thinking of that era of games it would be like most right, of the right. games were stopping bombs that were coming into the planet <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> he's in the games he's bombing the universe again i don't know <laughs> but anyways it's my really bad jack nichols no i appreciate it it's good i don't know how we got there from from phoebe spangler on a rotating spiraling post but um you know <laughs> Dude, just got a podcast in 101 it is. It's it's we it's just how it works. It's a conversation every week. Um, but I I am excited about the new movie coming out, and I saw those images and thought, you know, okay, I haven't seen anything in a while other than um, that behind the scenes kind of stuff. There has been this peak of raise a cult video, raise a cult. I just don't know why I said it was a video store. It's not. That would be weird. Raise a cult <laughs> raise video. It's yeah. a new thing. Um, raise a cult. You know, sort of showed up in this VR game. Um in the last week that they were doing like the, the interview, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was yeah. like in the background. So exciting. There's going to be really some really cool stuff, but, um, I did wonder, what, I did wonder if you saw the same thing I saw when I saw the platform. Cause I was like, that <laughs> looks like a thing I have. Um, I've seen that character on a platform before. So, or at least people just like him. Yeah. I, I just, people are, you know, knowing that the movie has been filmed, knowing that it has a release date, knowing that it's about to be the Halloween season, which means, yeah. I mean, we're within six months. So we, we theoretically could be getting a trailer in, in the next couple of weeks or mm-hmm. a month. Um, and I've heard people go, Oh, it's too early. I'm like, I don't, I think people have forgot. Remember they used to release trailers like two years before the movie came yeah, out. Yeah. Like, and I remember in 2016, they did not put out the first trailer till March. And right. that seemed insane. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this movie comes out in July. And nobody knows. Um, I, I would imagine that Sony is going to want to have marketing going through the holidays. Yeah. Um, so I, I would expect a trailer pretty soon. And then I would too. There'll be plenty to pick apart. I'm going to, if you don't bring it back, I'm going to steal it from you. You got to bring me the trailer song. <laughs> oh, I've been meaning to, I need to go in discord. I can't find it. I need someone to go like rip it from one of the episodes. Oh really? You lost I, I the trailer song? The, yeah. I thought it was in the Dropbox and it's not, and it might be on my old computer. For I those just, of you out there listening, you're like, what's the trailer song? There was a point in the lead up to afterlife and we were waiting for the trailer where Craig had recorded his own little cover of magic um, from the original Ghostbusters soundtrack just went, I want to see that trailer trailer. And it was the so funniest thing. Stupid. It's it was, so dumb. It, it was but goofy, like it, but it was actually. so fun. Actually, that reminds me. I'm going to, I bet Jason Grahowski, like, he probably just has it ready to go. He seems like somebody who would just have that file. Yeah. Um, figure it out. Grohos and Garter. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, was that a rookie of the year reference? It is. I've been wanting to watch that so bad. Where can I find that? It's got to be on the internet. Right? I don't know. I was thinking about that movie and angels in the outfield recently. Um, the Tony Danza, Chris, Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd vehicle. So there's a great run of children's baseball movies in the nineties <laughs> yeah, from like that. I era. was, <laughs> I was really big into a uh, little big league. Yeah. Because that's for like rookie of the year. 
the kid breaks his arm and then mm-hmm. becomes a, and it, and it results in like the tent, the tendons fused wrong. And now he's the <laughs> fastest pitcher in the world. And you're just like, buying what? it <laughs> totally. But the other movie's even more ridiculous, which is the guy's, the kid's grandfather owns the Minnesota twins and leaves him the team. And it's supposed to be because the grandfather dies and it's supposed to be kind of like, a like, uh, what, you know, in appearance only, right? But yeah. the kid's like, no, I'm getting in. I'm running day-to-day operations. I'm the GM. <laughs> he makes himself the coach. It's insane. That's a good movie. All right. See, my my 90s baseball movie pick would have been The Sandlot. I still believe that that is like one of it's the great greatest movie. movies of that era um, about sports. And it's, but you know, I, to be fair, I also still, still reference Rookie of the Year somehow. I don't know how I do that, but. Well, I was a huge Cubs fan. I still am. And I'm gotcha. a, and I'm a big fan of um uh, Daniel Stern, who directed that movie yeah. and stars in that movie. And I'm also a big fan of Ghostbusters Fan Fest. Uh do you know the <laughs> Ghostbusters Fan Fest Rookie of the Year connection? No. Oh, 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 oh <laughs> this might be a whole other episode. Ghostbusters Fan Fest 2019 was ran by a company called Wizard World. Wizard World. Yeah. And the lead project leader on that event, her name was Lainey Serum. Mm-hmm. He did not do the best job of all time running <laughs> the event. Um, I think enough time has passed that we can talk about this. Controversial figure, this Lainey yes. Serum. Yes. Who do you know about her book thing? I do. I do know that okay, she had a, so, a New York Times bestselling book largely because she might have ordered lots of copies of it herself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and her and her defense was that she was friends in real life with Thomas Ian Nicholas, who <laughs> was from Rookie of the Year. And she said because he tweeted about it and American Pie is a billion dollar franchise, that is what drove the book sales. I see. So <laughs> so Again, i said might have allegedly did this i don't know uh <laughs> i don't believe she works for wizard world anymore so i see yeah. well, so anyways now if you ever write a book and you want big time sales you're gonna want to get a thomas and nicholas uh, <laughs> a jason biggs a, uh, uh i can't think of any a sean william scott even to tweet yeah. about it or X about it, whatever they call that. And then you're going to be looking at some pretty big book sales. And if it doesn't work out for you, it's okay. You can get hired by, you know, to do a festival event for a sci-fi or a horror film franchise and perhaps get yelled at by Dan Aykroyd on a YouTube video. Hey, um, I knew that we were in trouble at Ghostbusters Fan Fest when I walked in and saw the soup Nazi was there from Seinfeld. And he was posting, He, I swear to God, he was hanging up his own banner and he couldn't reach the top and he was... I. Jim, I swear <laughs> on all that is holy and all Ghostbusters and all humans and pets that this happened. He his banner kept falling down and he was using a soup ladle to try to, to, to get it back up. I swear to God. Because he travels with ladles yes. and he signs them. And yes. I was just like, huh, interesting event we're we're gonna be at. 
Yeah, today. that was kind so. of like watching the guy who used to be inside the Raphael suit from Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtles 3 or whatever. Um, yeah. Try and keep his suit together throughout the day. <laughs> there was that. Lou Ferrigno was there. There's some weird stuff. It was an interesting anyway. time. Yeah. But it was still great. I always say this. As much as we all talk about it as if we survived it, we all, most of us, would sign <laughs> right back up to go again for another tour. So, yeah. I would be 100% down. I just hope they bring a spiral uh, pole on a, you know, a platform that everyone can ride. Cause that's clearly what they were doing. That's why McKenna Grace was in those photos. She was doing developmental work for a new <laughs> theme park ride and had nothing to do with the movie at all. See everybody. Cool. It's fine. So See, yeah, don't call Fran Drescher. Um, <laughs> well, we've covered some ground here, my friend. We have. So, um, we can, <laughs> we're both doing the thing of wrapping up a podcast because we're I both know, had I to can't do help that. It. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. That's, we need that's I forgot. It's not my show. Nope. Okay. It's, it's, you want you, you control. You can do it. No, you can do it. It's fine. This is no. <laughs> we're handing the it's reins fine. to you. Um Jim, I will compliment you. I am a big fan of what you do uh with extraplasm. I uh I know the hard work that goes into it. Yeah, I, I've really uh I've enjoyed this. I love that you're uh kicking butt. We have a fun year coming up because I understand you're covering Ghostbusters exclusively and there there's peaks and yeah. valleys. There's lulls. So just think of how fun this is going to be. Do you, I, there's Star Wars podcasts. When a new Star Wars trailer comes out, they get six episodes out of it. Right. Like trailer review one, <laughs> trailer review two. So uh, we got we got some fun stuff coming up. Yeah, I agree. And I'm hopeful that, you know, we'll continue to uh, collaborate on things and you'll come back and visit us again on Extra Plasm because it's always fun when you visit and I always enjoy talking to you. Oh, I, anytime. I really, I love doing it. I, I, I will come back anytime. I, um, I have no shortage of words in my brain that are <laughs> desperate to come out. I'm desperate to podcast with others. Give me another show. Um, <laughs> that's like kind of how I feel sometimes. I get to the middle of the week and I'm like, what can I talk about? Can I start a Willy Wonka podcast? Is that a That'd thing? Be fun. How many episodes can I do of that? Can I make a television <laughs> show? Can I squeeze out of a, you're like, and episode 80, you're like, uh, so in uh, 2007, rumors began swirling that Johnny Depp was interested in playing. <laughs> I don't even know what that movie came out. Today, we will be discussing what is just so scrum diddly umptious about scrum diddly umptious bars. Yeah. <laughs> is Why it the are crunch? the gobstopsers everlasting? <laughs> is it the nougat? Um, yeah. I also have this theory that it'd be really fun if, if Slugsworth showed up in other movies <laughs> just whispering in kids ears like you just see him show up in afterlife he's like whispering the podcast <laughs> he's just it would be hilarious if he showed up in the restaurant and in, in afterlife and he's just whispering in the ears of the kids working the grill he's just like listen there's gonna be some stuff later see if you can score me some of that sweet pke technology do yeah. you see the concentric circles uh, <laughs> Anyways, anyway, yeah, uh, I'll do this anytime. Uh, good luck. This is fun. Thank you. Um, and good luck with what you're doing and everything coming up ahead for the, uh, the remainder of the year and things and what you're heading into. Anything you want to plug anything you want to tell people about before you split? Oh, you know, we, uh, relaunched the YHS YouTube channel about a year ago to separate it from the toy anxiety channel. We've been populating it with the podcast and new content, including part two of the history of ghostbusters afterlife, That's which true. I only, I made the first part two years ago and I only did the second part, uh, because Jacob makes fun of me for not finishing projects like that. So it was spike <laughs> content. 
It was a spiteful piece of content. I said, oh, I'll make part two. Won't be as good as part one, but I'll make it. Um, but it's kind of fun tracking that history. So you can go watch that and uh, weekly episodes of YHS. And then Ghostbusters Radio Live will be returning soon uh, once there's more uh, for us to get on there and gab about on a yeah. every other week basis. Gotcha. Well, people should go check it out. Go follow Toy Anxiety. Go follow Yes Have Some on YouTube, uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, all the good yeah, places. I just put up a poll on the YHS Instagram uh, because I made a playlist on our YouTube channel of all the Ghostbusters related interviews we've done. And I said, who should we interview next? And nice. I believe Dan Aykroyd is leading the, uh, the charge. So I will nice. be emailing his people and being like, Hey, our people want, <laughs> don't put me in the shoe line. Right. <laughs> we live in the shoe line. It's like when Bane I was born in the shoe line. Yeah. yeah you know, it's yeah. my third Dark Knight Rises reference. That's, hey, Super you've done it. You've it. checked the boxes. You've got a trifecta now. Uh, you've accomplished a goal. So, yeah. And I will say for folks out there, if you've ever been in the shoe line, then you know, you don't really want to be in the shoe line. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just want to get. It's a bad place, man. I'm going to relive that trauma forever. Um, I'm not really, because Ghostbusters is fun and it's not really about reliving trauma. Um, but <laughs> that's every other aspect of life. <laughs> that's every other aspect of life. And this is the fun part, but yeah. I always have fun with you. Appreciate you coming on again. Thank you so much. And yep. uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. That about wraps things up for Extraplasm this week. Thanks again to Craig for coming on the show uh, and revisiting with us because it's always fun when he's here. Um, and again, he's one of the folks who helped to kind of inspire this podcast coming together because if I hadn't been a listener of yes, have some for such a long time and, uh, you know, sort of gotten to know them and the context where they're very open and engaging with the folks listening to their show, I probably wouldn't have ever developed the comfort to try and do this. Uh, so thank you to Craig for kind of being there when I was at the start of this going, should I do this or not? Because <laughs> he said yes. Um, and then he decided to go on the show. I want to say thank you, of course, always to uh, Brendan Pierce of Baducci Studios, who provides basically the visual identity of the podcast. For those of you who might be wondering, Brendan is apparently feeling better. I have been given the update. Um, and he's still here in the United States. Uh, if you want to see him and Tony, you can still go to Cincinnati Comic, Ex Ex Comic Expo uh, and track them down if you're in the Ohio area. If you're not, then I mean, you could go all the way there if you want to see them, but it might be kind of a big trip. And beyond that, I want to say thank you, of course, to uh, Magnavox, the vaporwave artist whose music serves as our theme music. And of course, to you, the listener, uh, because without you, what is the point of a podcast? I do really appreciate hearing from you all on a regular basis about what's going on. I've had some good conversations with folks about uh, RC traps from China and things over the past week um, and different stuff. So um, if you're out there, you have something to say, you have something to comment, you have something to share, you have something to add, by all means, reach out to me at Extraplasm uh, on Instagram, on X, because I'm still there and haven't quit it yet. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can, of course, also reach me at extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. And the last thing I want to say about that is this. Uh, I've had a few folks say to me like, hey, I wanted to talk to you about doing something for the podcast, but then I didn't want you to feel like I was asking you to be on it, etc. And I didn't know if it was OK to contact you. And I just want to remind everybody, I'm literally tell people every week, you should contact me if you have something you want to share with the podcast. I promise. I don't bite, um, but it's always kind of fun to talking to folks after they've come on the show to be like, I was worried about this. And anyone who's out there who's like, I don't know if I should message you about this show. You totally should, um, because I'm here to, to like help people figure out how to tell their stories and get things done. Uh, beyond that, have a great rest of your week. 
And as Ernie Hudson tells us, on a regular recurring weekly basis, Try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care. <laughs>